Are you ready? No. Tell me when I'm ready now. Yes, I'm ready. ready to hit it? I'm ready. Here we go. Hit me. From the 16th annual San Francisco Sketch Fest, it's time for... The number one award-seeking comedy soundcast about comedy... Soundcast. Yes, brought to you by Henderson's Pants, makers of hippie hip-huggers and sketchy shorts since 1907. Tonight, we are coming to you live from Piano Fight in the heart of San Francisco's Tenderloin District. Our special guests this afternoon include Wayne Fetterman, Cole Stratton, Marco Romaine, and our very own Will Durst. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast, soundcaster, Mark Hershaw. Take it away, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Another hand for Bill Haywatt, our fine announcer. He's worked some of the finer radio stations and strip joints across this great country of ours. You flattered me. <laughs> First of all, thank you very much for coming out on a terrible rainy day to come to our beautiful soundcast. Give yourselves a hand for coming to Piano Fight today, middle of the afternoon. As I like to say when we do our live shows, we rarely get a big turnout, so you are more people than are usually in my car where I record my soundcast. So thank you for coming tonight. We have a great panel of guests. Uh, we're going to bring them up in just a moment, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, themselves. We'll talk about their podcast. We'll talk about what they're doing. But we'll have kind of a general roundtable about podcasts or soundcasts. If you're a regular listener of Succotash, you may know that I'm on a campaign to change the term podcast to soundcast, just because I think Apple's gotten enough of our attention and money, so why keep giving it to them by calling this thing something they don't even make anymore since the iPod doesn't get made. All right, so enough of that uh, political statement, and we'll talk about nothing else political. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, let's start out with um, one of our regulars, actually our only regular contributor that we have. Uh, he is a political comedian of national note. He is a social commentator as well. Would you please welcome, with our Burst O Durst segment, Mr. Will Durst, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, guys. Will How are you doing? Hey, Will. Thanks for coming down. Thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure to have you here. Great-looking room. Good-looking crowd. Look at that. Right? They're yeah. all upright. There's like uh, almost 20 people here. Four, yes. Four more. We could actually say dozens of people came. Fortunately, this is, we could also say, since this is a soundcast, we could say there are 400 people here, but they're just not miking the audience. <laughs> all right. Yeah, let's say that. So every... 400 people. <laughs> every Many of them afflicted by flu. Every episode uh, for the last, I'm going to say, we've been going for six years with Succotash. I think for the last five years, Will has contributed uh, his Burst O' Durst segment to our show. Been um, very lucky. Thank, well, I'm thank very you. lucky. No, thank no. you. Thank no. you. And uh, he has uh, prepared a couple to do live for you this afternoon. So we're going to do one now. We'll do one a little bit later in the show. But, uh, Will, what do you have for us? Uh, this one is a... Oh, thank you. Uh, this one is a goodbye to the year 2016. 
Hey guys, Will Durst here with the fervent hope that 2017 goes down smoother than the previous year, whose name I have totally wiped from my memory. Oh my living God, the year that shall not be named sucked like an industrial strength vacuum cleaner designed to inhale rocks the size of North Dakota. On a major league suckage scale of 1 to 10, the last 12 months rated around 4,937. Maybe, maybe it was that extra leap day that tipped the balance into grievously heinous. But those 366 days of death and destruction and disaster and despair and ugly and horrid and atrocious and ghastly can only be tempered by the fact that we survived. Barely, and not all of us. It was to happy times what banana daiquiris are to reinforced concrete support beams, what barbed wire wrapped bats are to pantyhose, what Donald J. Trump is to calm deliberate judgment. Queen Elizabeth once referred to a particularly bad year as an Annus Horribilis, and this was definitely that with one of the ends removed. The kind of 52 weeks that makes you want to build a bunker in the backyard and fill it to the rim with Little Debbie snack cakes and bourbon. Maybe the whole thing was a plot by the pharmaceutical industry to sell more antidepressants. Anyhow, whatever you call the past year, good riddance to bad rubbish. Don't let the doorknob hit you in the butt on the way out. Welcome, 2017. Take your coat off. Sit down a spell. You have some awfully tiny shoes to fill. And we're counting on you to take a bit of the chill out of the air. But hey, no pressure. For Succotash, I'm Will Durst. Will Durst, ladies and gentlemen. You can always get more Will Durst at willdurst.com. Indeed. And he's also tweeting at Will Durst when he remembers to. <laughs> okay. I'm uh, bad so at we're gonna, uh, Before we bring up uh, the rest of our panel, we're going to have a, a word from our, uh, our sponsor, if you will. Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here to remind you that if you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear some Henderson's pants on your ass. Welcome to 2017, the year that marks the 50th anniversary of the Summer of Love that started right here in San Francisco. At Henderson's Pants, we like to think that the spirit of free love is still alive and well, somewhere under all that judgment and fear and latex protection. Anyway, <clears throat> in honor of the movement that called for the end of the war in Vietnam while handing out free doses of the clap, Henderson's introduces our new hippie hip-huggers, inspired by a pair of bell-bottom jeans found in a cardboard box in a second-hand store in the hate. These stylists let trendy lady trousers hug your hips while leaving the rest of your bottom half footloose and fancy-free. With the bottoms belled out so wide, you can hide your stash and three of your close friends. These are pants you'll come to love. Originally designed for Janis Joplin, Wavy Gravy, and wayward members of the Merry Pranksters, Henderson's Hippie Hip Huggers are available in the 60s. So get yourself a time machine, and we'll see you at Henderson's, makers of big boy pants and girly jumpers since 1967, and now back to Succotash. All right, thank you. Henderson's Pants has been sponsoring Sakatesh since the very beginning. They have yet to actually give us any money. Or pants. Or pants. <laughs> um, let's bring up our first guest. Uh, this gentleman uh, is uh, housed usually in Los Angeles, California. And uh, he uh, was uh, at Sketchfest yesterday, I believe. And 
delayed his return to the Southland so he could be here with us today. Please welcome, if you will, let me play this clip first. Uh, please welcome, if you will, um, our, ne- our first guest. Or, no, I guess you'd be your second guest, uh, Wayne Fetterman. But here's a clip from his podcast, Human Conversation. So what did you do for Thanksgiving? Well, I had a Thanksgiving, I had a couple invites to Thanksgiving mm-hmm. events, including yours. Yeah, did you uh, choose based on IMDb scores or? Mm-hmm. I did aggregate <laughs> IMDb, most amount of credits. Sure, and then, sure. Yeah, I had a whole chart that I put up so on how, my wall. How is, how is an Apatow And then I actually have a piece of <laughs> Judd Apatow. And then I had a piece of glass that I wrote a formula on. <laughs> Very nice. You can see it backwards. You could shoot through the glass, <laughs> see me writing the formula on it. Perfect. Who, so who's did you? It was. It was just a friend. It was not a show business thing at all. Oh. Just a, a friend of mine. And, uh, I, you know, I love the key to Thanksgiving is one word. Okay. Wait, let me guess. Uh, gravy. Yes. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> see, we're see, back. I know you. We are I back. <laughs> the key to Thanksgiving is gravy. <laughs> and this is on a scale of one to ten, nine, five. Like, oh, okay. I, I mean, I guess there could be better gravy. Sure, sure. But in like a pitcher, like a water pitcher. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, ah. Uh, <laughs> do can't. you like the. Perfect. Do you like the more legit? gravy that's like made from the turkey or do yeah, you like no, they did okay. the you know the draining of the turkey <laughs> turkey drainage right uh-huh and then they added flour and some other stuff to it to sure, thicken sure. it up and oh <laughs> i mean just yeah, just the thought wayne of it. Fetterman, Are there any and i'd rather wayne forego Fetterman. the yeah you want to be by the piano so He's not contagious. He just wants to jump down and play the piano. No, no, no. I would like to sit next to Wilders, but I, I may have to do a song later on. Thank you very much. So you get an idea. If you want to hear a meandering podcast, tune in to Human Conversation. And where do you find it? I get, you know, the tunes of I. I don't want to give more information than I have to about... iTunes. You guys are on Feral Audio. I Feral Audio yeah. is our network. Guys, it's so great to look at it. Everyone here... All With 400. That, they, All 400 faces. And they kind of have that look like, can I, can I sneak out without being noticed? <laughs> like, that's, that's the vibe of this place. Like, can I just quietly get the check and get out of here? Thank God but, for uh, the thanks rain. for having me here. Um, and to, what are your questions? <laughs> well, first of all, how's your, uh, how's your opus doing, your album, your comedy um, album? Wayne, re- re- last year released a, really a fabulous collection of his comedy through three decades. I had never released a comedy. How many albums do you have, Will? Uh, five. Five. See, I had never released a comedy. How come? Yeah. Honestly, no one had asked. <laughs> no one had No one asked me. I literally, <laughs> I literally expected somebody from Warner Brothers to come, hey, would you like to be... No, nothing. And then at one point, it was just... I never did like an hour... Anyway, so I went back and got all the... Were old recordings from 1984 to 2015, digitized them, cleaned them up, and put them on something called the Chronicles of Fetterman. Oh, cool. Everyone, I could tell by the <laughs> round of applause, everyone knows the album. <laughs> it was a big, uh, big success, and it landed on a couple top ten lists. 
What, what was the 84 stuff like? The very first joke was about the 84 Olympics. Oh, no kid. Yeah, it was, uh, it was something about, along the lines of, hey, the Olympics are going to be in Los Angeles this year, which is not the best place to have athletic competition. It's like uh, runners take your mark, get set, just go when you feel the energy's right. <laughs> <laughs> because at that time, L.A. was known as a kind of a laid-back, now it's known as a cutthroat show business town. But am I wrong about that? No. But there was a time no. when L.A. was yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. Like, Hot tubs and peacock feathers and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, or uh, green Sprouts. grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, Wayne, on the... the uh, podcast website for Human Conversations. Yes. It's, it's intimated that the clip that that just came from uh, was perhaps the last episode. Might be the last one. Might be the last one. So uh, thanks no. for plugging something that's Well, we actually have we actually have a special segment on the show that we uh, that we do. It's called Podcast. Podcast the podcast graveyard. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. We've uh, the, as as <laughs> you couldn't just say podcast graveyard. <laughs> no, you had to go through all of that, <laughs> yeah. where people couldn't quite understand what that guy was yeah, saying. That's right. That's and right. Then, yeah. And then repeat it so everyone knew what the joke that's was. That's right. All right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yes, um, it's, a, it's the, in the it's an soundcast ending. graveyard. That's right. The soundcast graveyard. Sorry to correct exactly. you, yeah, but you brought right. it up. That's right. Um, but what was the run of the show like for you? I mean, I, I assumed you enjoyed it. Well, well, maybe. Um, Again, yeah, I did. I did. It was called Human Conversation. It was our big, our big tweak was we weren't allowed to look at a computer or a cell phone or anything during the 55 minutes we spoke. And she was 25 years younger than I was. She was married. Um, I was in my 50. I was like 55 when I started at single. So it was like a great cultural divide. She's very artistic and she, let me give you an example. She, uh, she bought something called an intention candle. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> no. Does anyone know what that is? An intention candle. It's like, oh, generosity. I'm not sure what it was, but you light it <laughs> and you're supposed to feel, but that's what she's into. Like very. Homo- What's her name? Erin McGathy. And she ended up actually moving to Ireland. So, uh, was I guess she her, loved doing was the Was that podcast. her intention? Was it, was <laughs> that her, thank you. That was her intention. Nice. So uh, She was generously offered a cabin <laughs> in uh, Galloway. So it was great. It was great. We, got, we had about 12,000 listeners a week from oh, all over wow. the world. Yeah, it was very successful, and I was as shocked as anyone. Because when I hear my voice, it's, you know, when you hear your voice, it's, it's annoying. It's annoying and whiny. One of, right? the, one of the features I like about the show is that the next episode, you would have corrections for all the stuff right? you got wrong in the show before because you wouldn't fact check anything. Right, right. And so it's actually really interesting. <laughs> and some people would listen to the series backwards, and so you would get a preview of what's coming on the next week. Guys, are any of you following this? Is Brilliant. this interesting? <laughs> and you stopped doing it? Well, she moved away. She moved, and I won't do it. You Skype. won't replace her. No, one, I won't replace her, and two, I, I don't, I don't want to Skype because there's. Yeah, yeah. And I think you. No, no, would, live. Yeah. 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 For comedy. Yeah. Thank if you. If you're trying to get facts down, no, no, you can do anything. It, there's just like micro. There's micro timing involved with conversation that you can't, just can't do it over the lines. Yeah. Are there any other concepts for a soundcast you would like to do? Oh, 
I, you know, I've been thinking about it because the Feral Auto wants me to do something for some reason, and <laughs> it's those twelve thousand listeners. I just feel like it's so saturated, very much like Sutter Street right now. <laughs> it's a local reference, people. Um, <laughs> no expense spared. Amazing. <laughs> Van Ness, isn't there a Van Ness? Yeah. Oh yeah. Laguna. These are all places <laughs> I walked. Uh, so. Uh, I know I have not come up with a concept yet. I haven't come. How many how many soundcasts are you dipping into? Well, there, there are over a hundred thousand comedy soundcasts alone. <laughs> Literally, and more a hundred thousand. Yes, yes, and there are over three hundred thousand that are devoted go to all sorts of subjects. Everything from gardening to politics to cooking. So there's over 300,000. This is Definitely. why I'm saying I need a very specific yes. thing to yeah, it's break in. It's a little bit difficult in. to break through, exactly. To break exactly. in. How about but I love doing human conversation. It was, it was a blast. It was a blast. And we got art from people, and it was, it was very interesting. I found it a very intimate form of communication because you're right in someone's ear, almost like uh, uh, the Khan. Do you remember the Wrath of Khan? Yeah. It's almost that level. <laughs> Wow. Sorry, I want Star nice, Trek on you nice, people. Nice deep pull. I like it. Um, does, did it inform doing the podcast? Did it inform your comedy? I like how serious you get when you ask these questions. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> did it inform your comedy at all? Having that interaction with another person on stage, did it do anything in terms of the way you normally approach Not really, comedy? Mark. It was like a different muscle. It was okay. a different muscle <laughs> thank, completely. Thank you. I like how serious you got when you answered me. That was it nice. is true. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's a, it's a different voice. Of course, of yeah, course. Yeah. But let me just say, I know I'm gushing. I'm gushing over here. But to be sitting on the same stage with Will Durst is just a great thrill for me. So uh, yeah. he's an incredible dude. And yeah. I mean, money. between the two of us, yeah. you and I, we're like uh, survivors. Okay, don't you put know. me in your generation. <laughs> <laughs> what is he doing? I'm literally five years younger than you. So. Literally. <laughs> literally. Don't even think Not of it. Not even figure it <laughs> I'm generations younger than you. <laughs> Why would you even yeah. intimate that I was that? Yes, but spiritually, I'm. Yeah, well, you did a movie yeah. about you and Bubbles, right? And Johnny Steele. The fact did anyone that see this movie? What was it called? Absolutely. Three, Three still, still standing. standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, available on Amazon Prime. Prime that's right. Yes, yeah. for, as of January for 15th. streaming. Yeah, yeah so uh, yeah, check it out. Yeah, it's odd. Yeah, it's about surviving in an industry where youth and talent are <laughs> prerequisites. <laughs> None of, neither of which I have. But I will say this, and this is going to sound serious, but as someone who was like, I was like, in the 80s, I started during the, the, what they called the comedy boom. The boom. And that's what I think your film was about a little bit. But I feel like I benefited from that. I did, I was talking to my friend Andrea, the show Comedy Tonight, and I, I did a number of these stand-up shows. There was one, a couple here in, that yeah. I met. Good I did one with cafe. Drake Sather yeah. and, yeah, Good Times Cafe. Yeah. 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 Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay, so I feel like, but those shows would not book anyone, any Shelly Berman, Buddy Hackett, Shecky, right. any of those generation comedians. So I feel like, so in no way do I feel like when I see a young comedian, like, oh, they're getting a little more, like, attention than someone my age. I'm like, yeah, I get that's the way it always worked. I just didn't realize it at the time. Like, oh, those guys. What was the guy who did the malapropisms? What was his name, the comedian? Okay, never Norm mind. Norm Crosby? Norm Crosby, yeah. Like, Norm Crosby, you know, that, that kind of thing. So anyway, <laughs> just 
Sorry, I got serious talking about the history of comedy. That's but all right. That's there's a comedy right. festival going on. No, it's a sketch fest. How's LA? It's all right. How's LA? How's LA for work? For me, it's dynamite. Well, you know everybody. You've, uh -huh. you've been there for, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you grew like a vine. I did. Everybody's, I did. yeah. I did. I yeah. did a little bit. I like. I really liked living in LA. But I'm from Florida, by the way. I don't want to brag. I'm from Florida, and uh, to make it worse, I don't know if you know this. I'm from the most politically incorrect named town city in the country. It's called Plantation, Florida. And people think <laughs> I'm making it up. It's a real, it's not like, oh, I'm from Concentration Camp, New Jersey. It's a real <laughs> place. It's a real place. And to make it worse, I went to South Plantation High. <laughs> I was in the less progressive part of Plantation. There's a North Plantation yeah, yeah, High? A North really? <laughs> North Plantation. That must have been very schizophrenic. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so no, I'm not from like, San, you know, like a big city uh, yeah. or anything like that. So L.A. is really fun for me. But uh, thanks for having me. This is Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Let's. Uh, why don't we bring up our next, uh, our, our up next podcaster or soundcaster yeah. or comedian? I'm going to play the clip. First I think one of the things it. that this documentary does really well is that it makes you really fucking wish that movie had happened. Exactly. You know, like they the re the reenactment stuff they kind of do, the animation they do, and then the archival footage, uh, and obviously the interviews with Burton and you know Kevin Smith. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wanted, to, I wanted to, I would like to see what they would have done, but I feel like Tim Burton fell off around Planet of the Apes for me. Uh, I, big, I liked Big Fish though. Yeah, Big I Fish never is, saw big big fish fish is, is a good. really okay. good movie, and yeah. to me, that's his last good. Movie. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Planet of the Apes was dog shit. Yeah, like that was like when they were like, oh, you shouldn't be doing these kinds of big. Right. Things anymore. I, or like maybe that's not the yeah. way to think about it, but um, I mean. This also reminds me of, did you see the Terry Gilliam uh, movie about what him and Johnny Depp trying to make yeah. Man of La Mancha? Yeah, that's great. That's called Man of La Mancha? Is that yeah. The name of it? That also reminded me of this. I mean, they actually did filming in that. Yeah, they But did. there was just so many. All right, Paco Romain, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. co-host of the Sup Doc Come on in, podcast. Paco. Come on in. Welcome. Nice to see you, sir. Glad to have you. Take a seat. I will. Thank you. Paco, thank you for being here today. Thank you. Were you talking smack about uh, Tim Burton? Hell yeah, I was talking smack. Why? You know how I roll. What did you hate? Uh, what did you hate? Uh, some of his last movies. They sucked. Oh, the second Alice movie? Yeah, it's horrible. It just seems like now he just, you know, he calls up Johnny Depp and he's yeah. like, you want to make some money? More money, Depp? Deppy? But this was the Deppie. most uh, recent episode of the podcast, right, that the, this clip was taken from, which was about the, the making of the um, death of Superman. Yeah, a movie that never came out. Right. But ha a guy did a documentary about how it almost came yes. about. I think the plug was pulled literally the day before production or something like that. The whole oh, wow. thing was doomed. You would think you would think that something this cool would have been made easily, but there was all kinds of problems. And so I do a podcast about documentaries. It's called Sup Doc, and we have comedians come on to talk about their favorite documentaries. And this documentary is called uh, The Death of Superman Lives. What happened? And, uh, which is almost like if your grandma was going to say something, you know? Like, what happened to it? But so th the documentary is amazing. And this, the, the director uh, talks to everybody that was involved in the uh, making of the movie, except for Nicolas Cage. But what made it kind of a famous, what, what kind of made it famous, the movie, was that they released this unreleased picture of Nicolas Cage in the Superman outfit, 
which was a big deal. I remember deal. that, yeah. And he had a mullet. Remember that? Because like, he was doing that horrible, other horrible Nicolas Cage movie where he had the mullet. So he was just trying on well, the you, you got to be much more specific than that. Yeah, right. I don't remember. I don't know. It was one of the bad ones. Uh, of, so they, when they, everyone saw the picture, they were like, oh, Superman was going to have a mullet? Like, everybody got mad at this picture. But, uh, yeah, it's a great documentary. You guys should check it out. And it's too bad it didn't get made because Tim Burton's a genius sometimes <laughs> when he's not trying to make money. And Nicolas Cage would have made a great uh, disaffected Superman, <laughs> like a nonchalant Superman. <laughs> it was interesting. I actually kickstarted that, uh, right. that video or yeah. the uh, documentary, which is interesting because they have, like, makeup or uh, costume te- tests right. in, in the documentary with him trying on suits and different pieces of costumes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And didn't he get paid like $12 million not to make the movie? Oh, I don't know about that. No, I don't know. No, I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, he, someone paid him $12 million? Nicolas Cage got paid $12 million. Not, it reminds me of when Evander Holofield got paid not to fight Mike Tyson. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would have taken that gig in a minute. <laughs> Absolutely. I kind of wish people would not pay me to do comedy. I think that would... <laughs> Be more than I get paid now to do comedy. Um, and I think John Peters was one of the producers, or was the producer, right? Yes. I believe. And he had this, there was a plot point in the movie where he was going to, Superman was going to fight a giant spider. Yes. And, and of course, the movie never All got right. made, so John Peters put the giant spider in the Wild Wild West movie, because he just wanted to have a giant spider <laughs> on screen. Right. Well, the best, one of the best parts about this documentary is Kevin Smith was hired to write the original screenplay. And he right. goes on and on and on <laughs> about how horrible the process was, about how much he wanted, really wanted, to make this movie. And he just kept getting in problems. What's the name of the doc? What's the name of the doc? Uh, the Death of Superman Lives. What happened? Oh, okay. Is, yeah, the, is the full name of the doc. But um, also, like, the, the Superman movie before that was so poorly made. Like, all Superman did was punch an island. <laughs> Like, you know, and I think he cried a lot in the previous Superman movie. Yeah. So everybody was really excited about this one, but it never happened because just too many people got involved. And then, like, the, the filmmaker spends a lot of time with Tim Burton in his creepy mansion in London. So he right. even talks to Tim Burton. It's really good. If you guys are Superman fans or yeah, Doc cool. fans or Tim Burton fans. So what, what, what gave you the idea for the, the concept of the... The piece. I mean, you could talk to documentarians, which you have done before on your show, but yeah. mostly you bring comics on to talk about. So, where did that sort of come from? Well, it came from because I'm a huge documentary fan. I I would I sat down and watched a documentary every day. So PBS had the top 100 documentaries, and I decided every morning instead of watching the news, I was going to watch a documentary. And it was awesome because I have a lot of time on my hands and I love documentaries. Do you guys all love documentaries? Or my, yeah. Okay, yeah. Pa- Paco, I, I'm curious. Do you have a particular affection for like historical or political or, or uh, feel good or, or, or any particular type of documentary or do you, are you omnivorous? Um, well, I could be omnivorous, I suppose, if I knew what that meant. But um, <laughs> I like quirky, slice of Americana kind of documentaries. Okay. Those are my, like, you guys, did any of you guys see Finders Keepers? The latest? Oh, with the foot? With the foot, yeah. Yes, I saw that. That's, those are my kind of favorite. Like, How about the one where the kids try to make the horror movie? Oh, American movie? Yeah, American yeah, movie. That's that a, seems like that would be up your alley. That's exactly up my alley. Now, what about these big, like, like, O.J. Made in America, eight hour. Do you count awesome. that? Yeah, awesome. That um, that was an incredible 
documentary series. Did you like it? Well, I knew the ending, so well, it was really wasn't that. Ending, yeah. yeah. It turns out OJ did it. (laughs) But so I sat down and watched it. I was a big documentary fan, even in and when I went to college, the library had free. You could rent documentaries for free. Tell me this word library again. What does this mean? Library. The library. Okay. Yeah, library. Place where they have a lot of books. Yeah. Okay. Something from the past. Library. You might write about their demise in a tweet. (laughs) We would we would rent a bunch of documentaries, smoke some weed, and. and I got really into documentaries. And so uh, I'm such a big documentary fan. After I watched the 100 best PBS documentaries, I looked for a podcast that talked about documentaries, but not like from the filmmaker's perspective or even like a PBS perspective, but like just fans of. And I couldn't find one, so I started my Nice. Excellent. That's great. Um, and at the same time, you're, you're pursuing acting and comedy. Um, are you in San Francisco? Because I think for a while you went to L.A. I'm in both, yeah. Oh, by, by, by metro. Bipolar, yes. Yeah. I'm in north and south. Huh? Huh? <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so San Francisco, L.A., back and forth, yeah. And uh, you regularly do a, a show I've uh, certainly seen around town called uh, The Romaine Event. You, you got that right, Mark. Yeah. Um, still rocking The Romaine Event. Started that little thing in 2005. Wow. Uh, yeah, at the makeout room. Will, Twelve years. Will has been a headliner. <clears throat> Always great. Uh, Wayne won't do the show. I've asked Will not him, do the show. Asked him hundreds of times. He was just like, no, can't do it, won't do it. Uh, I don't know why you hate me so no, much. No, it's the problem is it reminds me of the movie The Main Event <laughs> right. that I hated with Barbara Streisand, <laughs> yeah. speaking of John Peters. But go ahead. Oh, right. oh, nicely done. You always hated Babs. You've always... No, I love oh, early like Babs. That? I love early Babs. <laughs> oh, right. Early especially, especially... Yentl? No, what? Yentl? Well, that was when it started to go bad. But, uh, but I, no, especially like What's Up Doc, the Peter Bagdanovich movie, and uh, obviously Funny Girl, where she won an Oscar, tied, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, wow, very good. Catherine good knowledge. Hepburn, good knowledge. 1968. Right, right. Guys, I'm a film buff. Uh, look at these. Uh, Star is Born. That's all I got. All right. You know what? Let's, uh, let's bring up our, uh, our final guest. Um, he uh, may have to leave a little early because he's got another engagement. Um, here's a little clip from his I'm not podcast. like the biggest fan of binge watching like that's that's hard for me like I'm a big fan of like just give me one or two at a time so I can do other things that I need to do <laughs> versus like no watch these all now which a lot of people do but one thing I did binge fairly fast watched you know two or three a day for a couple of days and then we're done was Stranger Things yes yeah. which I just love I mean I'm a big fan of like uh, oh whoa you're water uh, it was a ghost <laughs> I'm a big fan of, like, ambiance and, like, atmosphere and, like, they just nailed the early 80s and, like, the style of, like, kind of mashing up Spielberg and, um, like, you know, the Goonies and, like, all these kinds of different... All right, please bring up Cole Stratton. Probably should have been the first one to come up because he has to go. Probably should have been the first one. Host of... Come on up, Cole. Host of the Pop My Culture podcast, also co-organizer of a little thing called the San Francisco Sketch He's Battle. the guy oh, that puts hello. it together. It seems, hello. seems so young. Seems so young to be doing that. I put him up last because I was waiting for his shirt to dry. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, actually, I, I've dried enough. I'll stay for the end. So I don't have to leave. Yay, uh, yeah, but, you know, I need to endear myself to this audience. So Taylor Street, Divisadero, uh, Citro <laughs> Baths. All right, I'm good. Uh, yeah, hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> Certainly. So that clip was from uh, your most recent and final episode yeah. of Pop My Culture. Yes. Final? Yeah, that's wow. it. Why? Uh, well, we've been doing it for a little over six years, and uh, my co-host is, uh, she's, she 
close on a house in Virginia, and it's going to kind of go back and forth. And does, he has a two-year-old, doesn't want to raise a kid in L.A. fully and stuff, and it just seems... Did you guys connect? Because you lost your podcast the same way. I know, right? <laughs> well, yeah, <that's> <laughs> the chick left. And now she's moving to Ireland, too. Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> Ireland takes all the podcasts. Uh, so yeah. after uh, 213 episodes, yes? Yep. And uh, so, um, how does it feel after six years of, of producing the show? Uh, you know, it's, it was bittersweet when it ended. Like, it was, we went out in a good way because we did a live show at the festival with Paul Tompkins, Sam Levine, and Rhett Miller. So, we had a great panel of guests, and it was just a really nice way to go out. But it's weird. It still hasn't really, like, because I had to produce this, like, comedy festival around it, I haven't really had time to like let it really sink in that, like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore, because I've been doing it since 2010 pretty consistently, and back when we started, I mean, there was still a lot of podcasts. There wasn't 300,000 podcasts yet, but like Nerdist was about six months in at that point. Yeah. Um, a lot, so we were kind of in, like, I would say like the second or third wave, you know, kind of after, uh, you know, Marin was going for a long time, and Never Not Funny, and Doug Loves Movies and stuff, Comedy Bang Bang Roll you know, pretty established. But we were kind of in that second wave, too. So it's kind of weird to not have it anymore. But I'll be working on other stuff, too, and who knows, may, might reboot it down the line a little bit. But Cole yeah, is also, uh, I've seen his, he's in an improv group in Los Angeles, hilarious improver as well. Absolutely, Thanks, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's how Cole and I met. We, uh, we were an improv group, the house improv group at Cobb's Comedy Club when it was at the Cannery here in San Francisco. The, the Riffingtons. Yeah, it was a good time. Yes. Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> when, you, when you go up on a Wednesday night at about 11 p.m. after a three-hour stand-up showcase, you're either met with, like, this is refreshing and different, or what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Where are it's my car keys those... and my check? Exactly. I want to get out of here. So, uh, but it was always really fun. I, like, I love doing it. And your, uh, how's your, uh, your improv group uh, doing in L.A.? Good. There's I, a bunch of different ones. I always try to get up on stage and stuff. Uh, the one the Wayne has done with us before. It's called Pretty Pretty Pony. Uh, we have a different guest monologist once a month, and it's a pretty successful show over at the Westside Comedy Theater in Santa Monica, uh, where I do a lot of stuff because it's great and it's convenient to me. <laughs> so I don't have to go into Hollywood all the time. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to stay you know, creative and active and stuff, because pr the producer had its fun. Like I love what we've done with this festival, and I can't believe where it's gotten all these years. But I still, in my heart, am, you know, I'm an improviser, I'm, you know, comedian and all those sorts of stuff that I still try to make sure I get on stage and then get off stage and make sure that people have rides and things sorted <laughs> out. So a lot of hats to wear, but, you know, it's still fun. So you probably haven't had time to really think about it. As you said, you haven't really had time to work, think about what it's like that the podcast is over, but do you think you'll do another podcast if a concept comes up? Yeah, I'm actually Sam Levine, who was the first guest on Pop My Culture and one of the last guests, and I... Uh, have been talking about a couple different things that we're going to kind of work on. So um, one would be a sketch podcast, like an audio sketch podcast, which we would do just occasionally because it would be like a lot of work to produce. Yeah. And then another one that I don't want to like give away the concept of because we're still developing it. But I think one of those two or both of those things will come together in the next year sometime. Given the similarity in the sort of demise of your <laughs> podcast and Wayne's podcast, is there a chance the two of you could work together? I mean, you have a sort of a shared background. I usually only work with... Married women who are 25 <laughs> years younger than I am. So it's a good strategy. It's good. Okay. It's my uh, maybe. maybe. Yeah, that'd be fun to do something. But I will say that, like, it was when I started Pop My Culture, I was trying to think of who I'd want to co-host it with. And at that point, most of the podcasts that I was familiar with were like, "Couple of white dudes get on a microphone and shoot the shit." So my idea was like, "Well, let's like try to do something different to stand out, find a concept, 
And it's not even that revolution. There's a ton of podcasts like ours, which is just like we just talk about pop culture, what's going on, and then other things we love, but with a special guest every episode who is far more famous than we are. That was kind of the strategy. Uh, and then Vanessa is a, a buddy of mine who I used to uh, improvise with in L.A., and she's got a very different energy from me. Um, and so I thought it would be great to have a female co-host and, the, and, our, and just to be different and stand out on a different thing. Yeah. So it, I'm glad we did that. Do you miss the weight of that deadline every week? No, because we were pretty loose with it. We, we tried to release one every 10 days or so, so about three a month. And then about episode 60 or so, we got on to Nerdist as a podcast thing, and they were still cool about our release schedule. They never put the strategy on. But sometimes it would just be a while, like somebody would cancel or something, and I'd be like, God, it's been like 13 days, and it would start to feel like, i got to get somebody in, you know, that kind of that. So I didn't enjoy that part of it, having to constantly book as hard because we yeah. never did any that were just us co- hosting it was always a guest or two or three on wayne time. what about you do you because i write a column every week and yeah. it it drives you you know when you got that deadline and it's coming up and well this to be honest with you human conversation was a breeze to do so there was no there's not like you have a comment oh i need a concept a thing i have to edit I net. Yeah. how many words is your column 550 so you have to have 550 see we there was just we went in. We didn't even talk about what we were going to say. So it was. Oh, really? Obviously, you could tell from the clip, it's very <laughs> boring and self-indulgent. Uh, well, by the way, that's the name of my new podcast. Um, so, so, yeah, so I didn't have any of that, that pressure other than just making it to the recording studio on time. So, sorry, sorry. Did you no, have that pressure no. every well, week? How about you? Do you feel that weight every week? Putting it together and stuff? No. We, we, we uh, pre-book. I mean, we, we have a lot in the can, usually. We're, we, we just have two podcast episodes a month. So okay. we're bi-monthly? Is that what that was? Yes. Yeah, bi-monthly. Uh, so, and then we try, like, I'll go down to L.A. and we'll do, like, five or six interviews. And then we have some for a few months, you know. So, eh, no, not, not, too, not too weighty. That's what was actually kind of hard about ours is once we recorded them, we couldn't really bank them because a lot of the time we were talking about things that just happened in pop culture that week or whatever. So sometimes we could wait a couple days or whatever after we recorded it. Sometimes we would do two in a day or something and just space them about five or six days apart. But we just felt like any more than that, even though you can listen to them now and they, they're fine, but it just felt like, oh, we got to get this out here. Because sometimes whatever we were talking about changed drastically like six days right, later right, whatever yeah. was updated and we're like oh well now it feels now it's part super of the, dated now it's part of the historic record exactly. if you go back and listen to it right yeah. frozen moment in time yeah the episode about friendster yeah <laughs> which one paco <laughs> <laughs> what about the atmosphere for for, for soundcasts or podcast today as it existed three or five or ten years ago uh when it was a newer thing i mean now that now there's of course, as, you're, as people are trying to find more diverse content to put out there to get listenership, there's a lot more narrative content. There's a lot more drama, just in entertainment, drama and comedy and sketch and things like that. It isn't just a bunch of guys talking around a mic. So how is that atmosphere to be doing a podcast that's been around for a while? You know what sucks now? What I don't like about podcasts now is really, really famous people have decided they need podcasts. And I'm kind of like, guys, come on. Can we have anything? Just leave us something. <laughs> You don't need a podcast, Alec Baldwin. You don't need it. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. It's just like, they, because everybody else has when they started doing them. And like, now, if you look at the charts, like a good half of the top comedy hundred are like 
super like high profile hosts. Yeah. And then the little guys are like just scrapping to get good content. And then a lot of stuff is great, like uh, the McElroy brothers and like you know my brother, my brother, I mean all stuff like that aren't necessarily predicated on celebrity, but so many are now. That didn't used to be the case. Yeah, my other beef about what the what the content is is there's a lot of radio stations that are just sort of re-releasing all of their stuff from years as podcast material now. Oh. So it's almost like, well, come on, you had your shot, and now you're just dredging up this old material. There's, I think, the number three or number four one is that. Uh, what's the the? It was the P, uh, the NPR show about the car repair guys. Yeah, yeah. Click and clack. Yeah, yeah, and they they stopped doing the show like one three, of them died yeah. like when the guy died yeah, they stopped three years yeah. ago a guy died and they're still cranking out the podcast every week wait one of click and or clack died yeah i didn't know that yeah oh, this happened he in voiceover too because voiceover i mean you know it used to be actors could make a living doing voiceovers and then suddenly michael douglas really dude you need more money you know bruce willis and and richard Dreyfus. yeah Yeah, same thing with tv because he used to consider slumming it to do tv what really happened is they were doing it more overseas they would do it in china or they would do it in japan or australia and then he said shit i can do this in the united states too it used to have like bad vibe you didn't want to do the voice work but then they thought, well, it's going over great in Japan with me selling these corn nuts. I might as well <laughs> do them in the United States and, and get that money, too. Oh, but God, I wish to... I had corn nut money. Oh, man. <laughs> Who doesn't want Good money. money. I used to do corn nuts, and then I lost out <laughs> to Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Hoo-ah. him. Corn That's nuts. a tough nut. Tough I'm sorry. Hoo-ah. <laughs> corn nuts. Yeah, who are corn my, nuts. That's exactly my point exactly. <laughs> Well, well, let me ask you because you, you do your segment for our show. Do you do you have a desire to have a podcast? Yeah, will. Come on, will. I see it as a podcast. It's just a two minute podcast. Yeah, okay. You know? But I, I, I'm not up at. I, I, I don't know how to do that. Are you I curious? Really do you think you could interview people, or you would just rather do your own take on things? No, uh, my focus is on writing new comedy jokes. Yeah, and that's hard, and and keeping up with the time. So, yeah. Right. But now people so desperately need to laugh. You know, I feel like people have been saying that a long time. <laughs> no, I do. I like I yeah, remember like hearing November like eighth. Since November 8th, I mean, I've been doing this, and people are coming up afterwards saying, thank you. And I never, oh, yeah. I got good set, yeah, yeah, or yeah. I got nice show. I never got thank you before. I mean, it's, it's like I'm a therapist, you know, taking them through their post-Trump stress disorder, you know, or something. Well, I mean, that was, like, hard for us when we were planning the festival this year, too, is because we announced, like, in November, like, shortly after the election results, and, like, you know, this weekend, we were like, yeah, we'll just do shows. It'll be fine. Whatever. No big deal. Not knowing the shitstorm that was about to hit. Yeah, you were right in the middle of the inauguration. Right. And just not having no idea if anybody would be able to come out to shows in general because there's a lot going on this weekend and then the, you know, the worst weather ever on top of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there is this weird... Because I did shows in L.A., like comedy improv shows, like the day after the election, and a lot of people were like, should we do this? Should Because like, the, the, the mood is really weird. And we were just like, well, people want to laugh. Like they, If they're here, it's because they want to get away from it or sure. just get a little bit of levity if just for an hour, you know? So that's, I think it's like where comedy super invaluable because there's a lot, especially this past year, that just bum you out constantly and just being able to take a breath from it. And that is nothing to say that like, because some people will be like, well, you shouldn't 
be able to take a break from it. You need to face it or whatever. And I think it's important to be able to, you know, sleep at night. Wayne, what's your okay. Wayne, what's your experience been since the end times began? Well, I'm first of all, I'm not panicking like all my friends here. I'm not panicking. I I I don't I the thing is about comedy is everyone elevates it, we need it more than ever, and I just remember hearing that like when I listened to old radio shows in the forties, like now we need comedy, we need to laugh more than ever. And war bonds. And in the sixties stuff, but I remember after 9-11, like the trauma of trauma, even more than the Trump, in my opinion, although with a close, yes, so. um, is uh, like you couldn't do comedy. That's how you could only do music. Like that was, and I was, I thought that was a real eye-opener, just like, okay, I get it. Like we're the next level down. And then we got in there and you're like, we've been doing great, but I just feel like if it's really traumatic, people are just like, just play. I don't know. What? I, Tell me. At 9-11, uh, uh, Lewis Black couldn't fly to Cobbs, do his gig at Cobbs. Right. So I took over, and people really wanted to laugh. That next day? And, yeah, we did it on that. We started on Wednesday, the the twelfth. Yeah. The twelfth. Oh, yeah. So maybe I'm wrong. So yeah. I'm, once again, no, I'm no. Wrong. Yeah, but <laughs> but you know, this town, San Francisco, has always you know thought of itself as an and, enclave. Yeah. As yeah, that you got to be able to laugh at that shit. What was that show like? I'm I'm sorry to take over, but I'm no, very no, curious. please. There's a roundtable. No, now that you've done the thank you show after the Trump, was it the same vibe? Uh, it was a little more depressed because it was focused, and we did jokes. I remember it was me and uh, John Ross and uh, somebody else, and we did jokes ab- about the coverage of the event, uh-huh. not the event. You know, like I remember MSNBC had a crawl at the bottom. New York City reports no unusual looting. So apparently it was just right. a normal Tuesday night load, you know. <laughs> so doing jokes oh, like that. You. But everybody, everybody had the same reference points because they had all watched everything all day long. So that, that was one of the things. And I think, I think comedy allows you to put a handle on it. Wow. You know, like it's so overwhelming that you can, you can carry it around if you can laugh at it. But on the West Coast, it was just a little bit more removed. I'm sure comedy on the East Coast or comedy in New York must have been, must have been devastated. It would be like playing after the Beatles, only in a very bad way to get up there, and, you know, the Beatles, you know. Uh, but to, to, to say, well, I'm opening, after, I'm, I'm opening on 9-12 and 9-11 has just happened, and here I am yeah. in Manhattan. It would, it, it would, you'd be picking your jokes up off the floor. Although Chris Rock did a joke about uh, the people who had to jump off the World Trade Center because the fire was coming up and they had to decide how they were going to go. Right. And he did a joke about that. I mean, that's brave. That's courage. Yeah, that's that brave. Is, that is courage. And it was funny. I can't remember, but it was funny. Uh, you know, we're talking about time capsuling, sort of like you listen to an old podcast as a current thing. Is that something that podcasters, you think, need to think about when they're doing their stuff? Does it need to be fresh? Does it be, need to be for tomorrow? Can people listen to this five years from now? Anybody? Uh, anybody? I can't. Your questions are so serious. <laughs> so, um, let me think. Should a podcaster? No, you just do your show. I don't know. I'm going to pass it over to Cole. Yeah, I guess it depends on what your concept is. If, I mean, if, if your show... Like, I think you need a really strong hook nowadays or you'll just get lost in the sea of podcasts in Definitely. general. You need yeah. a strong hook and you need good production value. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be amazing production value. You, you can have a podcast sound good 
just with a microphone, a simple board, and feeding into GarageBand. That's how we've done my podcast for years. Uh, with a redundant recording, just in case you're, it decides to quit because it does that sometimes. <laughs> GarageBand um, crashes all the time. All the time. It's like its thing. Um, so as long as you Good do that, you'll be fine. Like, just get an angle, that whole thing. And so if your angle is that it's, like, the freshest thing and you're, like, you want to make sure it gets downloaded immediately and you're, like, hoping it'll chart immediately, that's great. If your whole thing is a little more evergreen, that's cool, too. I think I, what I like about my show all these years is it's both. I feel like the first 10 to 15 minutes of the show tends to be a little more topical, and then the rest tends to be more about our guest's career and work and stuff, and then it gets really silly in the last third with uh, some silly games and other things, too. So I think it kind of works, even if we're talking about something like Fuller House for a little while that you could care. You didn't even care then when we were talking about it, especially after it's been out for a few months. But at least, you know, it's fine. You get through it. It's still relatively entertaining, and then the evergreen stuff holds up. And my podcast, we start with the idea that no one's going to listen, and it, it works from that point. Okay. That Never makes... disappointed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One other thing I've been thinking about uh, uh, where podcasts are going is the idea that there's been more and more over the last couple of years podcast networks. You know, it started with like Nerdist and Feral Audio, things like that. But now some of the bigger players are getting involved in doing this. And there's very specific things like Gimlet Media, which is just designed from the ground up to be a podcast network and very serious about it, too. I love it. Um, so I'm just wondering, do you think there's going to be a time where um, podcasts are going to get basically taken over by sort of big corporation as opposed to being a place for, because when radio first started, everyone had radio stations. I mean, there was a time where you could have a radio station in your basement. You could only broadcast maybe three blocks. You didn't have much power, but everyone had these little radio stations. And then as the FCC started slicing and dicing the bandwidth, the only people that could afford it were these corporations. So I'm wondering, is there a time that any of us could kind of look forward and go, yeah, that might happen to what we're trying to do? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yes. I think it has in a lot of ways, but I mean, I always think back, because I used to listen to a lot of radio, you know, when I lived in San Francisco for all those years, I listened to Live 105 all the time, and then they got bought by Clear Channel or whatever, and then it became like, the Nickelback show, and then I was like, <laughs> fuck this forever, but, and I think that will happen to some of the podcast content, but I think the good stuff will always find, find you, I think that there's, especially since algorithms and search engines are so complex now, whatever it is you're into, you can find, and so I, whether it's put out by a massive, you know, outlet or network, or it's just a little thing. If it, if iTunes picks it up or whatever, you can find it if you search for it. I think we'll be hearing like the Nabisco Power Hour podcast, <laughs> you know, channel at some point. Coca Cola is going to be involved or something, you know. I mean, it's just it's just how it happens. People are going to see it and be like, "There's a potential to make some money here, so we're just going to do a power grab." But there will always be like the independents that are doing shit in their basement, in their garage, or their attic, you know, that kind of stuff. I just hope that uh, we get more white guys to talk about podcasting, if it's possible. <laughs> if we can possibly do that. Because I want to hear just a different view than what we're hearing up here. Is there a white person that can tell us <laughs> what you think about podcasting? A male, particularly. I couldn't get the diversity hotline to work. I tried. <laughs> I put the call out, and you guys showed up. So what can I say? I mean, we can only do so much. Um, I don't want to uh, change things too much, but you were talking about playing some piano a little earlier. Well, they wanted to do a, a song. Do you and want to you do want that? To do oh, yes. I'd love to do our little song that we've worked out, ladies and gentlemen. That'd be great. Let's, uh, let's hear that. Let's, uh, Bill Haywatt, everybody. Bill Haywatt, accompanied by Wayne Fetterman. 
Broken glass everywhere. People pissing on the stage. You know they, oh, I'm sorry. Wrong one. His hands are tiny, but still pretty wide. Perfect for grabbing his mail-order bride. But first he's taken a land for a ride. That's why the president's a Trump. <laughs> Doesn't like brown folks or homos or Jews. <laughs> Won't stand for people opposing his views. Loves to read Breitbart. <laughs> why bother with truth? <laughs> That's why the president's a Trump. <laughs> he smells that alt-right wind in the air. Why does he care? That smile, Sieg Heil, that hates California, that granola dump. That's why the president is a Trump. Won't book the White House, his tower is fine. Not scared of ISIS, he's going to kick them in the behind. <laughs> Loves red straight Christians who fell for his lie. That's why the president's a Trump. No jail for Clinton, she suffered enough. Coffee with Putin, they're going to chat off the cuff. Hey, you've read his tweets, so you know that guy's tough. That's why the president's a Trump. Take me to the B section. He likes to be there, wearing the crown. Practice his frown. Be great. Can't wait. His university was just in a slump. That's why the president, that's why the president, that's why the president's a Trump. Yeah. 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 Wayne Federer. Yeah. Bill Haywatt, Wayne Federman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hey. Lovely. You heard it first. All right. Do one, for, do one about Truman. <laughs> Really nailed Who Jimmy needs Carter that there? fucking <laughs> truth? truth? I didn't know we were supposed to prepare name. a song. Sad. Oh, you don't? I didn't oh, prepare okay, a... Well, you're up next. Oh, uh, shit. Wayne, get back on the keys and let's see what <laughs> Pac has got. Thank you, Wayne. That was a real privilege, <laughs> Thank man. Thanks, that guys. That was nice. Yeah, that was nice. real nice. nice. Wayne's got that left that hand is, going. Uh, Great job, Wayne. Is that Cole Porter? Is that Cole Porter right sure. there? Sure. I think so. I think that's a Cole Porter tune. Very, the kids love Cole Porter. The kids <laughs> love Cole Porter. Couldn't get any whiter. <laughs> <laughs> my parents sure did. <laughs> Since my name is Cole. Never mind. How long have you been playing the piano? <laughs> what? You're good. You're I really just good. started. Just started. Oh, it's very nice. <laughs> just started yesterday. Oh, that's awesome. You learned on a podcast. You learned <laughs> a piano playing podcast. 
Uh, do you guys want to take some questions from the audience? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. to, yes, let's right, do cool. it. We don't you guys, a... line up to the <laughs> microphones. Can we get these people? You guys in the balcony, if you want to come down, <laughs> you yes, can one come. One at a time. Some we'll just, uh, I'll, since we don't have uh, a mic out there, I'll repeat this so uh, people can hear on the actual <laughs> podcast broadcast. But uh, anybody have a question for any of our guests? <laughs> This is, this is the sad part. This is it's all right. You know, Nobody does. It's unexpected. We were sprung it on you. You can think about it. Bueller. Get back to you later. Anybody? Questions? Bueller. I, I've got a question. <laughs> I, yeah, Stranger Things. Yeah. Stranger Things. Have you seen it? Winona Ryder. Can she act? I mean, Altie just seemed to just flutter her hands a great deal. I didn't like her. You know? I, she's the only one on the show acting, in my opinion. You just see her acting. She's, like she's like going crazy. She's working that, yeah. very, but, I mean, very hard. I just wanted yeah. to know what you thought of, of her performance. It's a bit over the top. I mean, it, it, but your character is like completely unstrung, so that's kind of hard to do, I think. Oh, but, there's yeah, nowhere I think to go after you've turned it up to 11. There's nowhere to go. Yeah, but you're an actor, Bill. I mean, you know, sometimes it's not always the actor's choice. The director is uh, oh. telling you to do that shit. You know? Yes, I always do exactly what my director says. I have no pride <laughs> at all. <laughs> make it big. I say, okay, I'll make it big, sir. Uh, uh, any, any other questions from the cast? <laughs> <laughs> No, that's all right. I do have a question. I have a yeah. question. Right, we'll get, it has nothing to do with, but it's about uh, the documentary podcast. Do you have a favorite documentary, Cole? And then I'm going to move right there. It's good, good question, Wayne. No? I do. Yes, you do. Uh, my favorite is Trekkies. I don't know if anybody's ever seen that. Trek. I tend sure. to like the really silly documentaries that, like, like, I love American Movie, too, that one you mentioned. Cool, right. Vinay. Um, it just came back. Trekkies, just like, I laughed as hard as anything I've ever seen in my life when I saw it for the first time. That's my favorite, I think. And Trekkies is about a Star Trek convention. The right. people who go to Star Trek conventions, right? right? What about you, Mr. Durst? Uh, three Still Standing. It's a, <laughs> it's a film about uh, fair, three fair. comedians. Uh, yeah, and Harlan County, USA. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bonnie, Bob, what was her name? Koppelman? Yeah, Barbara Koppelman. Barbara Koppelman won the Oscar, 1976. Whoa, nice. What was the, what was, it was a coal mine? No. Armor. Armor. Yeah. Wait, what are you saying? What are you saying? What is the name of the documentary again? Harlan County, USA. That's yeah. not about... Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. But I don't think that's about spam either. <laughs> no, it's about bringing spam into Tennessee and uh, the problems they had getting it across state borders. <laughs> oh. Okay, guys, this is a three different documentaries. <laughs> <we're talking about. laughs> wow. How about uh, you, Mark? My, mine was very similar to the, the spam one. It was, I think it was called The Cove, the one about killing dolphins uh, in Japan. Oh, yeah. that was funny. I never yeah, saw that. That was, that was a great... Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, it's, it's heartbreaking. It really Yeah, that is. was heartbreaking. Um, was but heartbreaking. I thought it was a really effectively done uh, documentary. I, I liked it. Had, I liked the, the fake document. Have you ever seen, like, a fake documentary? A mock, there's one a called Showa. Have you seen that one? No. Uh, <laughs> guys... Seriously, that is a good joke. All right. That's a, solid. I had to watch that in film school. And you did? Yeah. Oh, boy. That's hard. It's, I think, six and a half hours. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's, it's brutal. brutal. I'm sorry, guys. I want to... Did you want to ask Bill? I forgot San Francisco. Do you have a favorite documentary, Mr. Haywood? Well, you know, one thing, I, there's a site. It's called Quality Information Publishers, and they have all those great educational documentaries oh, from right. the 40s and 50s, but... I remember uh, Cap, 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 
capturing the Friedmans. Yeah. Where, you know, you start out and you're making one thing and then you find this found footage and it's like, oh my fucking Christ, we're not making a movie about birthday clowns. We're making a movie about child molestation because all the cool footage is already existing. So, you know, the idea of you want to tell a story and then there's all this found footage that totally informs the direction of your project. And I thought that made it very, very special, very disturbing, too, because you you don't really leave the theater with a clear picture of what happened, but none of it was good, though. No, No. yeah, that that is really disturbing. Although I will say... Not a huge turn from party clowns to <laughs> no, job right. molestation. It that was a stretch like, of the imagination. Like, whoa, how is this even yeah. possible we're talking about this <laughs> now? Yeah. The, you were talking about the PBS uh, Top 100 Documentaries. Mm-hmm. Is that still available? Can you still go find them? You sure can, Will. Um, if you go to pbs.com backslash documentaries100php, uh, <laughs> you can... The cool thing about that, that, that page, that webpage, is they, you can checkmark. It will keep... It will right, right. keep so a you can check for mark, you. Yeah, you can keep a record. And you can check Do you mark remember each, their number one, by any chance? Uh, salesman. Ah, yeah, the salesman. Maisel Brothers. Yeah, the Maisel Brothers. That one, if you haven't seen that, this is about Bible salesmen in Florida. I'm going to say 1967, probably. Yeah. And it is, what is that style called? Verite, where you just follow them around? It's, yeah. It is heartbreaking. <laughs> it's the, awesome. Oh, it's such a, a great documentary. And they're selling Bibles like the, oh, it's just <laughs> tremendous. Have you guys ever done door to door sales stuff? I did one day. Oh, one day. Awesome. One day of soap. <laughs> You're selling soap? And I had, yeah, I had a little thing, and I yeah. had a, a, a catalog, and they were supposed to mark it off. And I walked, and they dropped us off in a car, and I had a neighborhood. Awesome. And I went back to the office with my little kit, and I dropped it off. <laughs> and I said, I can't do this. Was this in Milwaukee? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. They don't use soap in Milwaukee. <laughs> you know, they, didn't, they didn't tell you that far. It was, my a, only it was not the best neighborhood for soap. <laughs> my only experience was uh, banned chocolate when I was in school. Uh, yeah. Sell yes. Boxes yeah. Did of anyone chocolate. do that? Banned Is it World's Finest? Did you yeah. sell World's I Finest? I think chocolate? so. Yeah. The World's Finest. World's Finest. Chocolate? Of course, that was the greatest scam because, like, teenagers would eat half of their things and have to pay for it themselves. (laughs) Or what was worse than that was magazine subscriptions. You'd have to sell for school stuff and be like, door to door? Yeah. Either that or you're like, you just hit up your parents' friends. Like, really? You want consumer reports? I know you do. (laughs) That kind of thing. Outside of that, though, I did, I used to intern at the Davis Enterprise in Davis, California after school in high school. And one of the things I had to do once a week was the question of the week, like on the street. So I would go out with a photographer, and we'd have to get five people to just answer the question in the street. But they would have to answer it, be comfortable with their photo being taken, just like a little black and white photo thing. And, and the be, caption and, had to be printable. Yeah, like whatever it was. And then we had to put like their name and like what they did for a living or whatever. Like if you could cross those off, you were done. And you would think it would be easy, but sometimes <laughs> it would take like two hours just walking around downtown Davis because one of those criteria they wouldn't be happy with. And sometimes you would get a question like, it would be super easy, you would love it. You'd be like, well, what's your movie are you looking forward to this summer? And you'd be done in 15 minutes. <laughs> but then they would try to do something that what they thought was important to the community, like, what's your opinion on Measure G, the anti-growth initiative that like everybody who writes letters to the editor was writing about? And you'd go out, and you'd just get the blankest stares from people. And then you finally would get somebody who would give this like long, eloquent thing on it, and they're like, I don't want my photo taken. And then yeah, <laughs> it was like the worst thing ever. There were some weeks where I was, like, we just came back, we're like, we need to change the question. We can't get five people, we asked 100 people. Should you get a byline? 
Uh, I that yeah, that oh, I did. Oh, cool. That's nice. Oh yeah, yeah intern nice. getting a byline. That, that's there very it is. cool. Did it was anybody, mostly that and typing letters to the editor was mostly what I did. Did anybody ever see a copy of Grit, the nation's newspaper? Do you remember from the back of comic books you could sell Grit? You got those with the sea monkeys. It was with the, the sea monkeys, but it was <laughs> right next to the sea monkeys. It was a, some sort of national newspaper. And the X-ray glasses. I, but I never saw an actual copy of it, so I was wondering if it actually existed. What about horse shit? Do you remember horse shit? <laughs> <laughs> they would sell that in the back of the free press. They'd, it would be like sort of the alternative in the 60s. They'd read horse shit. Wow, no. You don't remember that? No. Wait, we glossed over sea monkeys. Did anybody ever do those and be, were you as disappointed as I was? Yes. Oh, yes. Because they were they're Brian just little shrimp. Shrimp. Just yeah. Brian well, they're, they're supposed to have crowns they, and they're supposed yes, to have yeah. fun. And they're smiling. They were None supposed, of that. They were supposed to cavort and have antics. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There was yeah. not a There's single a family antic. unit. It was a monarchy, too. Right. Yeah. I wanted to see I the never build a community. I was I knew that was fake, and so I went for the ant farm, and it worked out great <laughs> right. for me. They would they would till the soil, yeah. they would plant the corn. They were incredible, those ants. I did a horrible thing with my ant farm when I was a child. I did the thing you should never do. I put an alien ant. I went outside and I got an, a no. little bitty ant. And I put it inside the ant farm, and then all of a sudden it was like every other ant went batshit crazy. It's like, there's an interloper, there's an interloper. And, and then the other ant said, what the fuck am I doing here? And he went like into the farthest corner, and, and, and he would start attacking the other bigger ants who were trying to get him. And then like, like one big ant died, and he, he was like, he said, well, it's going to be me. I've got to go in there and get that little bitty ant who's like wreaking havoc on our ant farm. And I... I felt awful. I thought I was just sort of playing Father Nature. And, and what I do is I upset the entire ecological balance of the ant farm. I felt horrible, which is why I drink now. <laughs> you were a malignant god. I was, I was. I was like Ialdabaoth, yeah. the man who sinned when he believed that the power came from him and not through him. And I, it was a flawed world made by a flawed god. The wow. evil Gnostic... Uber Lord. <laughs> oh shit! I'm sorry. Uber. sorry. Thought we weren't going to talk about Trump. I liked it. I liked it. it I liked it very much. Time, I'm sorry. This um, is where I thought the conversation. Yeah. Would be. I thought we were going to open with that. <laughs> you know, Wayne. Wayne's the subject of a comedy's not funny. People don't want to get together and laugh. They want to get together and cry. That is true. That is true. You interrupt. At least I do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wanted to t talk briefly about Wayne's documentary. Do you want to? Do you want to mention that, or is that? Yeah, I do a documentary about uh, salesmen, but it's not Bible style. I don't know what documentary you're talking about. <laughs> the one Jordan Brady did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one called I Am Road. There's one called I Am Comic. I'm comic yeah. And then yeah. there's one called I Am Road Comic, where we go to a road club, and I'm in it barely. I mean, I mean, I'm in, you're in, I'm it. in it a little bit. Yeah. I'm in it a little bit. But I wouldn't say it's my documentary. Fair I enough. would. Uh, well, well, I never saw I Am Comic. How is that? I, well, I'm in it, so it's hard, and I'm friends yeah, yeah. with the guy who directed it. So, so how are you in it, Wayne? <laughs> A lot it's of pressure. It's good. It's pretty good. It's good. It's good. If you don't know anything about comedy, which apparently people don't, uh, it's pretty good. It's you know, you learn a little about. You know, and it's about it's a lot about Rich Scheidner. You remember Scheidner, yeah, yeah, right? right yeah. He was he was going to produce the movie, and then they were Jordan was having trouble finding some. Boy, this is inside baseball, guys. This well, is a story of in. Well, no, but I mean, he ended up as the focus of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. pretty good. It's he goes. Rich Scheidner was a comedy boom, comic, cocaine addict, and he dropped out and became kind of like a writer. And 
he decides to try to get back, get in. back in, starting to an open mic. So it's sort of compelling, especially comparing to these old Johnny Carson Tonight Show footage where right. it's killing. And, so it's, and that's the arc of the story. And then within it, there's little interviews with comedians and stuff along the way. There's a few good, or decent at least, documentaries on comedy. Like Kevin did one, Pollock did one, Misery-less Comedy. Right. And, and I always wonder when I like, watch those things, and especially, I'm sure this, like, especially for Will and for you, you guys have done, I'm sure, a ton of interviews over the years, like morning radio and things like that. Mm-hmm. What are the questions you get asked the most, and which ones do you absolutely, you just can't stand answering anymore? I'll let Will go first. Oh, uh, I, I don't have any problems answering the questions. Uh, you know, you hear the same thing. Uh, the one, how'd you get started? Uh, who are your favorite comics today? And I, I always get I always get a Pollyanna on everybody, and I I try to convince because these guys don't know, and I, and I tell them anybody who has the balls to get up there and think that they can make people laugh out loud on purpose against their will that it's <laughs> it's the hardest thing in the world. I mean, stand up comedy. We're the fighter pilots of show business. You know, it's it's a man and a microphone. So I don't care. <laughs> Carrot Top. I love Carrot Top. I think, no, seriously, I think anybody, because he, he, uh, Scott is very funny. I mean, I, he's very smart, too. And I know he appeals to a lot, you know, he doesn't try to be cutting edge or anything. But uh, so I get that. I don't, I don't have any problems with it. What about you, Wayne? I don't like when people ask me what's my least favorite question. That's the worst <laughs> one. <laughs> Obviously. That's the worst one. I get that I, all I the time. I ask the tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. T- t- so what was my least favorite? I don't, there, there really isn't one for me, but my favorite, I guess my favorite ones are the ones I don't see coming. Right? The ones where you... Where some, yeah, force you to yeah, so reconsider you your, think your whole little, life Think and about career. it a little bit. Yeah. Kind of brought Google. things down for some reason. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Well, what happened? That's there? what brought things down. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> not the 9/11 the or the bad show. No, no, no. People, show were, people were still hanging in. Even the ant farm story was yeah. kind of uplifting. But well, are we wrapping. Are we wrapping? We are wrapping up. Okay. We're wrapping up. So, um, Wayne, uh, are you going to be anywhere that people can see you or? Uh... <laughs> yes, I will tell you this. I am. Uh, which, which terminal will you be at? <laughs> Uh, San Francisco International <laughs> Airport in a couple hours. Um, no, I'm going to be, as you know, one of my things outside doing stand-up, I, I act. Yes. And I have this deal where I'm in one scene in a movie, and then you never see me again. What's the movie? Well, it's, first of all, that thing is called The Fetterman and Out, where I've done it in a number of movies. <laughs> Legally Bond, 40 Over. I don't have to list the whole thing. But anyway... <laughs> But I have a new one coming out wow. with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler. Oh, wow. Why Am I Yelling? And Amy Poehler <laughs> called uh, The House, which is about a couple that lose their money in Vegas and decide to open their own ga- house because oh, yeah. the house never loses to get their money back for their kids' tuition. I'm the dealer that breaks them in Vegas. So it's The House. Oh, cool. It comes out in, uh, in June. Excellent. At the end of June. The end of June. Very good. Awesome. Very good. So that's where you can see me until then. Nothing. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Cole? Uh, well, there, uh, this festival goes on for another week. Okay, and, so uh, you'll be around. Wow. Yeah, I'm doing a bunch of different shows, too, especially next weekend. Um, next Friday's competitive erotic fan fiction with Brian Cook, uh, where I think I'm writing my piece on uh, Hanna-Barbera's Laugh Olympics. Okay. Uh, 
that'll be interesting. Uh, and then I'm doing Theme Park Improv. Um, John Hamm's our monologist, so that's sold out in a second. Nice. Um, and a couple other things. So, yeah, SSSketchfest.com. There's a lot of awesome shows still going all the time, so come check some stuff out. Excellent. Paco? Uh, let's, next Sunday, I'm going to be right here on this stage with the live SUP doc taping, which this almost turned into, so I'm going to use today's <laughs> podcast for ours. But come back if you guys can. Uh, next Sunday, it's free. It's part of Sketchfest. We're showing Memorial Day 2000. It's a 15-minute doc that is incredible. A lot of things burn and are on fire. Um, and then I'll be at the, uh, let's see, the Punchline in February. And then March 7th, uh, my show at the Punchline as well. Excellent. And Will Durst. Where will you be? Oh, my career is over. Uh, <laughs> Get an ant farm. Man, yeah, Trump. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I want to do a show, a little one-man show, because I can't do clubs anymore because I can't follow the, the giant genital jokes. So uh, I, uh, I'm going to do a show, and I want. I think I'm going to be... It's going to be Dr. Durst guides you through uh, PTSD, post-Trump stress disorder. So... Excellent. I think that's what it's going to be. Excellent. We're going to uh, get out with a uh, little close from, from our What about you? Announcer. Where, where can we see I, you? I'm how, do, how do people find Suckatash? Well, SuckatashShow.com, is, uh, he's going to give all that information. Oh, okay. But uh, uh, you can uh, see, uh, hear us. Uh, you can actually hear us on YouTube, which is weird to me because we don't do any video. But it's on YouTube. I don't know why. Uh, let's have a hand for our guests, first of all. Wayne Fetterman, Cole Stratton, Paco Romaine. Awesome. Our regular friend, Will Durst. And uh, are you ready to get us out of here? Yes, I'm going to let you use uh, Wayne's piano instead of our theme to, uh, to get well, out on. How about it that? It goes on quite a while, Wayne. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Yeah. Special thanks to our special guests, Wayne Fetterman on piano, Cole Stratton on bass, Paco Romain on keyboards, and Will Durst as himself. Special thanks to the producers and crew of the San Francisco Sketchfest. Succotash is brought to you by Henderson's Pants. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on the Laughable app, on SoundCloud, on Donner, on Blitzen, on our Facebook page, and now on iHeartRadio and YouTube. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show, email us at marc at SuccotashShow.com, or call into the Succotash hotline at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You got that? Good. Under normal circumstances, Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey, except for today where it's Wayne Fetterman. Our booth announced assistant is Kenny Durgis. Until next time, I'm your local booth announcer. Bill Haywatt reminding you to please pass the sucker time. Pass the sucker time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mark, thank you. All right, then. Peace in our time.